Welcome to Don and Mantis. You can find us online at www.donamantis.com. Also, you can find us on Twitter at Don Mantis. Joe, what's going on tonight? Hey, Ivan. Uh-oh, uh-oh. He's segueing, I think. <laughs> Not really. Oh, okay. I thought that was a segue. I thought no. that was like an impression of someone on an adventure. <laughs> Oh, that's a good segue. Mm-hmm. Yep. So yeah, we're we're reaching back into the vault uh, for a second time on episode seventy. This is actually from a year and a half to two years ago or so, something like that, during the era of the first incantation. Is that right? Is that proper nomen- nomenclature? Yeah, the first I don't know. incantation yeah. of our podcast. Sounds kind of like is. a spell. That is it. That is. Yeah. Uh, it that works. That word. Whatever. Works. We're Who gonna cares? use that word. Sure. I love that word. Yeah, I like to use big words because it makes me feel very photosynthesis. That's right. <laughs> me too. <laughs> me too. That's awesome. Uh, so, yeah, uh, we're like kind of on vacation right now. So here's another old episode from the vault that you can't get your hands on anymore. But tonight you can. Yeah. Or today, whatever it is for you. Uh, but we're going to play this. It's uh, The Missing Amazon Adventures. I liked this one back in the day. Yeah, me too. Yeah, very mysterious as most of those were i guess right so uh yeah let us know what you think after the episode all right enjoy it Ancient buried cities, lost civilizations, vast amounts of gold and treasure. It sounds straight from an Indiana Jones film, and there's a good reason for that. The thrill of exploration and the undeniable allure of uncovering a lost piece of history has drawn thousands of would-be adventurers out of the safety of their modern cities and comfortable homes to every corner of the globe, from the desolate frozen tundra of the North Pole to the dense jungles of South America. Some have achieved wealth, fame and notoriety for their discoveries, while others have come home empty-handed. Many, however, failed to come home at all. And that's to be expected when one is trudging headlong into no man's land, wild places where danger and mystery lurk around every corner. You take away this element, you take away half the fun. That's why we call them adventurers. Many have met their demise as unfortunate victims of natural causes and accidents such as contracting malaria in the jungle or slipping into a bottomless crevice while climbing an ice sheet. But the adventures we're going to be discussing today disappeared under suspicious and possibly nefarious circumstances. All were trekking deep into the jungle in search of something. None of them would ever come back out. They were all last seen in the company of one man, a self-proclaimed Indian chieftain and guide named Tatunka Nara. So tonight we ask the question, where on earth are the missing adventurers of the Amazon. Okay, welcome one and all once again to the ninth installment of where on earth is installment yeah yeah fancy we're we're, we're encyclopedias <laughs> you could you need to listen every week so you can get the whole set <laughs> did yes. you have the whole, the whole set of encyclopedias when you were a kid not all of them 
I think we, we I think we had everyone, but like a couple of letters, and it's like, oh, my book report is on something that starts with the letter <laughs> R. I am totally screwed. <laughs> yeah, I think we could only afford up to like P or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> that reminds me of an episode of Friends. That okay. uh, Joey okay. uh, can only afford one did, book. Did I steal like, from it? It's like V. So every every word he starts using all these V words. Oh, you know? okay, okay. Yeah. I kind of stole from that, but I, no, I no. was I didn't watch Friends very often, so I I un- unknowingly stole from it. There you go. So you didn't steal at all. No, I guess so, yeah, that's true. I never watched him actually back in the day, but but with Jess, I've watched each episode yeah. like seven times a piece now. Yeah. So I've heard great things. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we are back and. Uh, I say it every time, but I am. By God, I'm excited about this one. Okay, I'm me excited. too. It's but super cool. If um, you are, so am I. Which I am. I am. And so I'm. I'm not going to dilly dally, except for saying this is our ninth episode. Okay. I won't say install. Okay. Yeah. And great. thanks uh, one and all for joining us again. So yeah, as you heard in the introduction, uh, we are definitely not local this week. You know, oh, okay. I, the last couple were you know Maud Crawford, uh, John uh, John Glasgow, right here in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. So you can't get much more non-local than Brazil. So we're, we're not going to be homers this week. We're, we're going to no. actually go branch out. Yes. Okay. And I will tell people right now, I'm sure I will butcher the pronouncing it. The, I'm sorry, the pronouncing. I can't even say how <laughs> ironic is that? that? That's very ironic. <laughs> that's a great start. I'm probably going to butcher the pronunciation on a lot of these words and names and places. The pronunciado. There you go. Of a lot of these names. <laughs> so our story actually begins back in March of 1972 in Manaus, Brazil. A German journalist and correspondent with Germany's television network ARD named Karl Brueger had traveled there and while drinking in a back alley tavern happened to meet an Amazonian Indian man named Tatunka Nara. So the two, the two strike up a conversation, and over the next few hours, Tatunka dazzled Carl with a wondrous tale of mysteries uh, and mysterious chronicles and forgotten cities hidden deep within the jungle. The main one being the capital city of Akakor, which I'm guessing A-K-A-K-O-R. Not good to me. Sure. Not to mention 13 underground cities as well. They had been inhabited for 3,000 years by the long-lost Uga Mogalala tribe, of which Tatunka himself claimed to be a direct descendant. He said his father was a native tribesman and his mother had been a, a German missionary, and this explained his curious ability to be able to speak fluent German. He also claimed that years earlier, several thousand Nazis had piloted their U-boats up the many waterways leading into the Amazon and escaped into the jungle, which also would explain why German was one of the languages of his tribe. Yeah. And and then all the uh, Hitler, you know, Hitler went to South America for the, uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah. What country is it? Uh it starts with an A that he's always rumored to have ran off to. I, Argentina? Argentina? Yeah, Argentina. Yeah. I always hear Argentina. Yeah. So despite the fact that the ancient Amazonians were not known to have had a written language, Carl ate up this curious native's tale of a chronicle written by this ancient tribe. But Tatunka had claims even more wild than that. He said that the year zero of the chronicle was 10,481 B.C., nowhere near what scientists accept as the known human inhabitation of the Amazon. However, this time frame does fit nicely with the Atlantis and Deluge theory, and this suggests that Atlantis had actually existed and was destroyed by the biblical flood of Noah and the Ark. 
This is a theory that Edgar Casey, among others, were proponents of. So we're going to get super ancient alien spacey mm-hmm. we're uh, yeah. out there with this in just a few areas. Yeah. Another of these claims was that the gods came from a solar system known as Schwerta to build an underground tunnel system in South America. He said many worldwide events in history match those in the Chronicle and that four gods remained mummified in temples deep beneath the ground. Bruger ended up recording Tatunka's tale and the entire saga took up 12 audio tapes. So I have a side note here. This is, speaking of ancient aliens, this is literally, this is uh, something from uh, David Childress. He's a, a correspondent on the ancient alien. He's the guy that talks like this. Oh, I, I have never watched an episode. Oh. I, I haven't. I well, just, um, I, I guess I should. Well, they basically attribute every single uh, invention and success of mankind ever to aliens. See, I, I, I take issue <laughs> with that. Um, and and very, very shortly, I'll, t- I'll tell you why. Um, I think... And this is kind of a common sense approach. I don't have a lot of science to back this up, but but here I go. <laughs> if you know, we have a lot of distractions now with with, with smartphones. I call them demon boxes. Oh um, yes, TVs and all this all this stuff, internet and all that all that stuff. Um, if you think about if you didn't have distractions and and people had the same type of mental capacity, I mean, we might have you know more of an enhanced uh, version since we're further down the line. But if you have time and effort, there were smart people then that did great things. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of it's undocumented. It's, bef- it's like prehistory. So just because it seems like, oh, they couldn't have done that back yeah. then. Yeah. I mean, if you have the time and, and you don't have all the distractions, and obviously if you have some kind of leaders that, that want something done, it doesn't mean that aliens did it. You know, <laughs> there's just smart people then. There's smart people now. You, you're just going to figure out a way. Like Louis C.K. said, as far as the pyramids, uh, the ancient rulers just threw manpower and human suffering at it until yeah. it was completed. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. So I mean, it's it's not. I, I, that's kind of why I take issue with that show. Now I haven't watched it, but I've read a lot about it in like conspiracy theory type forums and stuff. And yeah, it's, it's uh, yeah. That that's my issue with that show. Yeah, well, it's common knowledge that. Yeah, but I should just bash it and never uh, watch it. That's very scientific. There you go. <laughs> I li- it's fun to watch. That's all. Like, yeah, yeah, as long oh, as you yeah. don't take it yeah. too seriously. Okay, but this is part. This is an excerpt uh, from an article in Atlantis Rising magazine. Okay, written by David Childress of Ancient Aliens fame, and he's talking about Carl Bruger after he heard Tatunka's story. Uh, he did verify as much as he could. Bruger says he checked out as much of Tatunka's story as possible, saying he didn't believe the man until certain facts were verified. A friend of Bruger's and the Brazilian Secret Service said he had known Tatunka for four years and confirmed at least part of his story. The chieftain had definitely saved the lives of 12 Brazilian officers whose plane had crashed in the province of Acre. Moreover, both of... Okay, here's more pronunciation uh, challenges. Yamanoa and Kaksanawa Indians revered Tatunka as a chieftain, even though he was not of their tribe. These facts, Bruger says he learned, were documented in the archives of the Brazilian Secret Service. In the archives of the uh, Rio de Janeiro, Brasilia, Manaus, and Rio Branco, 
Uh, Brueger made even more astonishing discoveries. Independent newspaper corroboration of the tale is available starting in 1968, which mentions a white Indian chieftain who had rescued 12 Brazilian officers from the Haitia Indians and led them to Manaus. Uh, with their help, Tatunkanara was granted a Brazilian labor permit and an identity card. Witness said he spoke in broken German, a number of Indian languages from the upper Amazon, and a little Portuguese, uh, which is the native language of Brazil. People will be like, uh, Brazilian. No, it's Portuguese. Uh, Tatunkanara, after telling Brueger the whole story, suggested that the journalist accompany him to Akakor. On September 25th, 1972, the pair left Manaus by river, accompanied by a Brazilian photographer. The plan was to motor up the Rio Perus, then canoe up the Rio Yacu along the border of Peru and Brazil. They would then continue on foot through the foothills of the Andes to the secret city. Tatunka estimated that the entire trip would take about six weeks. As the party approached its destination, Tatunka Nara prepared for the return to his people. The snow-capped peaks of the Andes were visible. Behind them stretched the great jungle of the Amazonian lowlands. They must have been in Peru, far up the Rio Yacu. Tatunka painted red stripes on his face and yellow stripes on his chest and legs. He tied back his long black hair with a yellow band decorated with the strange symbols of the Uga Mongulala. Uh, Brueger and the photographer, though, had begun to grow uneasy. Though fascinated with the concept of Akakor, they found the trip was becoming a nightmare to both their relief and dismay. On October 13th, after traversing dangerous rapids, their canoe was caught in an eddy and capsized. Half of their food and medical stores were lost, plus the camera equipment was partially ruined. This became their excuse to give up the expedition only 10 days from Akakor. We're going to find out, too, as we go on. This is a running theme. They never quite make it to Akakor, even mm. though Tatunka will lead dozens of expeditions. Something always happens. Okay. You know, to, yeah. to prevent them. Hold on a minute. Okay. Tatunka, however, would not be deterred. The last two white men, uh, the last time the two white men saw him, he took a bow, a small quiver of arrows, and a hunting knife and dove overboard into the river, Tarzan style, and disappeared into the wilderness. Brueger and his photographer returned to Manaus and then back to Rio de Janeiro, where Brueger had an apartment near the beach. Uh, here is where he wrote his book. Um, I found several sources recounting the story about the plane carrying 12 officials. Uh, with the Brazilian government that crashed in the jungle in 1968, and it does seem it was Tatunka who found and rescued them. Now, this is not quoting from the magazine article anymore. This is my own research. Okay. Uh, as he tells it, as Tatunka tells it, his father, Prince Sinkaya, ordered him to find and slay any potential uh, survivors, but instead he felt pity for them and rescued them. Tatunka claims when he brought the survivors into the city, this was the first time he had ever entered a white barbarian city, quote-unquote. He also claims the survivors gave him his second name. Up until this time, he was simply Tatunka, which means Great Water Serpent. He says uh, this name was given to him after he defeated the largest, most deadly creature in the Rio Negro. When the officers asked him his family name, he replied, Nara, which means I don't know, hence the name Tatunka Nara. Oh, wow. That's cool. So, yeah, uh, this, this guy tells a lot of fantastical stories, defeating the serpent, and it happens that some of them are true. Mm -hmm. Um, the rescuing of the 12, uh, you know, of the 12 Brazilian government officials, um, that does give credence maybe to some of the more ridiculous parts, but nevertheless, Carl Brueger called it the most unusual story he'd ever heard. 
and the tale inspired him to write a book in 1976, and it was called The Chronicle of Akakor. Uh, over the years, many people were captivated by the book and by Tatunkanara himself. He'd stare you dead in the eyes and recall outlandish tales with such belief and conviction that he could convince nearly anyone. In fact, elements of the Indiana Jones movie, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, were inspired by the Chronicle of Akakor, with the name being changed to uh, Akator. Oh, okay. Yeah, so uh, lots of people were taken by this. Mm-hmm. Um, it helped start a whole new tourist industry of would-be treasure hunters and adventurers to that part of Brazil. Throughout the 70s, Brueger would also go on several expeditions in the dense Amazonian forest in search of these ancient cities, along with fellow uh, author Eric von Daniken, who also wrote The Gold of the Gods based on the legend. And Eric von Daniken gets way out there with, I guess he's most famous for his book, The Chariots of the Gods. Okay. But it's it's another, right along with the ancient aliens theory where we've gotten, you know, most of our advances have been from... Alien intervention and whatnot. Sure. So that tells you where he's at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Tatunka himself acted as a tour guide on many expeditions up and down the black waters of the Rio Negro, all the while describing fantastic vine-covered cities, their giant walls and golden gates held hostage by the jungle. But a curious thing started to happen. In fact, a few curious things. For one, despite all the expeditions into the jungle, none of Tatunka's claims had yet to be proven as far as the what was hidden in there. And secondly, people began to notice that not everyone who trekked into the forest with Tatunka came back out. In fact, between 1980 and 1987, five people would vanish into the dense growth of the Amazon, all while in the company of Tatunka Nara. Sounds like you need uh, to, uh, you know, pick your guide wisely. (laughs) What's your, what's your track record again? Oh, you lost five, four people? Uh, yeah, I'll still go. <laughs> Surely I won't be number five. Yeah. But yeah. Dude, this, this guy's been unlucky. <laughs> He's got a bad... But, you know, hey, we're, we're at the beginning, so well, I'll, I'll remain optimistic. He has what he describes as perfectly legitimate explanations for all of their disappearances. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure he so does. So we, we'll get into the first one. Mm-hmm. And, okay, I'm going to go in order of who I could actually find the most uh, information on. Okay, um, so it's not chronological. N- actually, uh, the first one just did disappear first. Okay. So that worked out nicely. The first one to disappear uh, was John Reed. Now, he was a 28-year-old American from Twin Cities, California. And like so many others, he had become enamored with Brugger's book. Now, Reed himself had previously written a book on UFO sightings, and I tried to find this book, but apparently there was another author named John Reed, born in the 1880s, and all I could find was his stuff. Okay. I, I couldn't find uh, this John Reed's material. Um, he found the Chronicle of Akakor, I'm sorry, too fantastic to ignore. He even had what the book describes as the ancient city's symbol, a sun rising out of the water, tattooed on his chest. So in late 1980, he made a trip to Brazil in hopes of finding one of Tatunka's lost cities somewhere in the two and a half million square miles of the dense Amazon forest. Now, once in there, he got a motel room in Manaus, met with Tatunka, and the two floated into the jungle along the miles of endless rivers and streams. The last time Reed was ever seen was December 12, 1980. Tatunka claimed that when it was time to return, John had fled into the jungle and hid. 
All that remained of him were his return plane tickets to America, a handful of hopeful letters, one claiming that he was, quote-unquote, days away from Akakor, and his dog tags left behind in his motel room. He uh, wanted to play hide-and-go-seek That <laughs> all of a sudden. Find me! He runs off into the woods. That's awesome. Yeah, that's, that's his claim, hmm. uh, was that... He he said he talked about wanting to live with the Indians. Oh, okay. So I guess when when it okay, it's time to come back, John Reed. He, he uh, I don't. Yeah, that is a weird way to go about it. Uh, you think an adult man would be like, you know, I'm an adult man who can do as I please. I think I'm going to stay here. But he just ran in, into the take this letter back to my family. Yeah, you know, I'm or my friends. I mean, he's got to have one of those. Yeah, and yeah. I'm going to stay here. Yeah. But no, he just fled. So yeah. okay, uh, yeah. So apparently, Reed had been a soldier, and uh, in my opinion, he was a pretty cool-looking character. I guess. Now here, here's the weird. I found two photos of him: the Doe Network, and then another one that is supposedly him with Tatunkanara, and it's definitely Tatunkanara. Uh, because he's a, I've found a lot of pictures of him. It's definitely him. So I don't know which of these, but the one on the Doe Network website, uh, and that one, John Reed looks kind of like Conan mixed with Khan from the second Star Trek movie. Just okay. kind of a cool looking dude. He's got like a, a headband on and long blonde hair. Cool. And, and in the other one where he's with Tatunkanara, he looks way younger and it does it doesn't look like the same person to me. Oh, okay. So I don't know which is the actual authentic okay. photograph of him. Okay. Um, his sister, Sandy Reed, now this gal is tenacious with a capital T. Uh, I found an article in which she uh, had went over there looking for her brother. So she never stopped wondering about what happened to him. And despite their mother urging her to let him be because she thought he had simply foregone modern life to live in the Amazon, Sandy quit her job, scraped up every penny she had and flew to Brazil in June of 1989. She found few people willing to discuss her brother's disappearance. Sandy uh, even pondered tracking down Tatunka himself, but was told by one native that she could, uh, should be careful because if she actually ventured into Barcelos, and that's the place where Tatunka was now living, uh, she needed to be careful because that was a place where people could quietly vanish if needed. Mm. Uh, this left her fairly terrified, moving from hotel to hotel each night under assumed names. She heard tales of a tall, blonde white man living with the Indians deep in the jungle, and this man had apparently gotten too close to a woman bathing in the river and had been killed by her jealous husband. That was one story of many. She also heard of a former Swiss air pilot who had gone into the jungle with Tatunka in 1981 and found a headless skeleton lying in a green nylon hammock. Beneath the hammock lay a hairbrush and toothbrush. Tatunka had said that the bones, hammock, hair, and toothbrush belonged to John Reed. Despite knocking on doors and shaking down local officials and locals for three weeks, Sandy flew back home with more questions than she arrived with. Uh, but in all my research, I discovered something. Uh, his sister was one tough, determined woman. Like I said, she was tenacious. Upon arriving back to her home near San Francisco, she started cleaning houses for 12 bucks an hour and saving for a second trip back to Brazil. This time, despite the danger, she was determined to corner and question the last man who ever saw her brother, Tatunganara. So eventually she got the funds, and on her second trip to Brazil, Sandy Reed had only one target, 
After some questioning and paying off a few locals, she discovered that Totonka was at the Hotel Oasis, which sat high on the bank above the Rio Negro in Barcelos. So before leaving that morning, she tucked a four-inch dagger in the back of her leather belt. She found Totonka having lunch at a small round table on the veranda outside the hotel, and his first words to her were, Why didn't you come years ago? To which she replied, I heard you were a dangerous man. And I'm picturing this scene too. Like this is like right out of a movie. This this sounds cool. This I like this girl. This I, is I, awesome. It's so cool. And I picture her. She's like thirty something. Yeah. And she gets up that morning. And something I didn't put in the notes, but I just it is cool and maybe good enough to mention, was that uh, someone that had came along with her said that before she put the dagger in the back of her belt, she did some like air thrusts with it, like practicing. Like, she was going to straight up kill this dude if oh, she needed yeah. to. Yeah. So she's bad. She's bad, A. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, to which she replied, I heard you were a dangerous man. All right. Sandy had prepared two pages of questions for Tatonka. She had told him about the story she had heard about her suspicions that he had killed her brother. Tatunka denied harming John, repeating his previous story that her brother had simply wished to stay in the Amazon and ran into the jungle when it was time to come home. He claimed he asked John not to stay in the jungle because it was dangerous, but John had insisted because he wanted to stay and live with the Indians. He said he barely even knew John and that they had been together only two or three days before he had fled. But, according to John's own letters left behind in the hotel room, he had been with Tatunka for at least ten days. She asked him about the bones in the hammock. Tatunka claimed that they were from a pig he had butchered, and he was just playing a trick on the person he was with when he said, uh, uh, oh, maybe someone had died here, and uh, claimed the personal items were his. So as the questioning continued, and Tatunka's story of events differed more and more from what her brother had written in his letters, Sandy became more and more agitated. At the end, she jumped up from the table and yelled, Tatunka, you are a liar. I have no respect for you. I hate you. You killed my brother. You killed my brother. Tatunka replied, no, Miss Reed. What motive? What motive? Why would I kill your brother? And she answered, because you're crazy and you will pay for my brother's death. Sandy Reed left Brazil absolutely convinced that Tatunka is responsible for the death of John Reed. It was later discovered that even John himself had a hint of doubt about this mysterious Indian chief. In one of his final leather letters, he had wrote of Totonka, is he liar or prince? Mm. Wow. Yeah. So very cool. I just picture, I mean, think of how brave you would have to be to venture in, onto a, a, a completely different country, mm -hmm. deep in the jungle, where it's dangerous anyway. Yeah. And probably more dangerous for uh, this, this small woman, you know. Who just ventures in there with a little dagger tucked in her belt, and she's going to shake down this guy yeah. that all these people fear. And I just, I really admire her. I, think I, that's I, could, cool. I could see you making a movie off of it, except there's no, I mean, you haven't said yet, but there's no resolution. No. So and there's everything's not. cool. I mean, it's like building, building, building. And then, I mean, that's a cool scene, you know, where she's confronting him, but, yeah. you know. Nothing happens. Right. Yeah, and to this day, like, uh, John Reed is not, yeah. as far as I found, not a hair or anything found. It seems like if dude. they could find a body or something and prove that it was him, then, bam, that's a great movie. Because then you could always have, like, fast forward years later. And, yeah. You know, I, I, I've never written a screenplay or anything, but, well, you know, here we go. being the average fan or whatever. As far as that goes, let's talk about... Herbert, now how would you pronounce this W-A-N-N-E-R? 
Wayner. Wayner. That's, that's what I've been saying. Wayner. Wanner. Wanner. I don't know. Okay, let's yeah, go with that. That works. <laughs> so the next event to vanish was Herbert Wanner in 1983. Uh, in one account, I found that Tatunka denied even being with him when he disappeared. In another account, Tatunka had claimed that Herbert had also ran away into the jungle to live with the natives, just had John Reed had supposedly done three years earlier. Whoa. That's going to happen twice. Right. I don't know. <laughs> right? I, uh, I'm tired of all these people wanting to live with the natives. <laughs> Unlike, it's, it's the thing now. I, uh, yeah, and I was wanting to get your take on that, and especially by the time we're done, because I am going to play devil's advocate later with Tatunka. Okay. Um, but I'm really anxious to hear where you're at. Yeah, with, but, with this but guy. Um, just kind of human nature. Um, so you would think you would get there, and most people... Would that would say, well, this kind of sucks, you know. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm one infection away from dying because the they time. don't have exactly. Yeah. So I just don't see, you know. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I could see it being that it happens rare, but you know what? I mean, even I don't know if you can still do this, but I I think there are places in the world. I think Alaska might be one of them. I could be wrong about this. Someone's gonna scream at the podcast, but I don't care. <laughs> Um, I thought there were places that you could still homestead. Like if you wanted to live on your own and go claim a few land, you know, a few hundred acres of land, and if you did it for seven years, it's yours or something like that. I don't know. That might not be a recent history, wow. but um, it's like harsh living, you know, and, yeah. and you know it'd be really hard to survive. Think about everyone in the United States, and and it wasn't that popular of a thing that people would go and do it. Yeah, like home squatters. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's hard to believe that two people on these expeditions. Oh, I want to live out here. Yeah, you know, it's it's it doesn't seem. I mean, unless unless there's something alluring about it that we're not mentioning. Some kind of psychedelics that what these tribes. Take. <laughs> uh, that's all ayahuasca. I can yeah, It was the ayahuasca. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't. I don't know. I mean, that's that's just. I don't know because everything I read that was describing this area, we're talking like dense jungle. It's hot. It's humid. Exactly. Everything can kill you. Exa- yeah. There are mosquitoes as big as baseballs. They have malaria. Mm-hmm. I don't know why either. That yeah. one would. <laughs> Want yeah. to to run away and live in that. It sounds awesome. Well, unlike John Reed, I was unable to find a whole lot on Herbert Wanner uh, or Wainer, whatever the hell. Other than twenty four years old, he was, uh, and I don't know why I spoke like Yoda. Just that twenty four years old he was. Uh, that's that sounds good. Worked as a forestry expert, and he lived in Switzerland. Of those who went missing, however, here we go. Herbert is the only one whose remains have actually been found. Oh. Sometime after his disappearance, it was reported that a jawbone and a skull with a bullet hole in it were found in the jungle. Uh, dental records proved that it was Herbert Wainer. Hmm. Um, the natives shot him. <laughs> with their <laughs> pistols, right? That they. <laughs> yeah, so there we go. That brings us to our third uh, missing person. And, and like I said, as I go, as we proceed, we're going to have less and less... Uh, information. This is kind of the way I put it. And which which actually turned out to be chronological, so that's bizarre. Okay. But uh, Christine Hauser was a middle-aged yoga instructor from, Jesus Christ, Kel am Rhein in southwest Germany. 
Uh, like those before her, she was an adventurous free spirit who was seduced by the Chronicle of Akakor. She made the journey to Manaus in 1987 and apparently fell in love with Tatunkanara. It's reported that she even thought she was uh, his wife in a previous life. The only remaining clue that she had been in Brazil is a photograph rumored to exist of her swinging topless on a vine in the jungle. And I was unable to find that photograph. <laughs> Just for research purposes. <laughs> Fail. No, but seriously, I wanted no, no, to find no, the photograph. I understand, yeah, and for I, scientific reasons. <laughs> Sounds so creepy now, but yeah. A scoured. But I, <laughs> no, uh, I guess we can go on. I didn't Rubber band it, so. stretching. Yeah. Pop. Uh, like Herbert Wanner, not much else exists on Christine. Aside from these three cases, I also found two other people who had ventured into the jungle with Tatunka and never returned. But I found even less information on these two than I did Christine Hauser and Herbert Wainer. They wanted to live with the natives. I don't, no, he has a different story for these. Oh, okay. Here we go. Yeah. While John Reed's sister was in the Amazon searching for clues to her brother's fate, she was shocked to find that Bra Brazilian authorities also suspected Tatunka uh, in the disappearances of an Austrian man and a woman from New Zealand. When questioned by police, Tatunka claimed to have completed the expedition with these two, and then afterwards he put them on a boat uh, in Manaus and had sent them on their way. And he also claimed that with Christine Hauser. Uh, this brings the known total of people to have vanished while in the company of Tatunka to five. Not only that, but in 1984, while walking out of a restaurant in Rio de Janeiro, Carl Brueger, the man who had uh, authored the Chronicle of Akakar book, was shot and killed. Uh, many immediately suspected that Tatunka was behind the slaying because he and Bruger were currently uh, in a pretty stiff disagreement over book royalties, supposedly. Others surmised that Bruger may have known or seen too much and uh, had to be eliminated. But, devil's advocate, Rio's a dangerous place. Brazil's a dangerous place. Uh, sure. Muggings, murders, robberies are totally commonplace. Sure. So it's not crazy to think that Bruger was just... Yeah. Uh, so police listed the incident as a robbery although no money or personal items were taken. Yeah. That's a little weird. Uh, Tatunka yeah. was also questioned concerning this matter and denied any involvement. So that is six people either murdered or vanished, all surrounding this curious storyteller from the Amazon. I heard that the JFK thing, I, I heard they were toying around with calling it a robbery. <laughs> Not an assassination. Then they're like, "Well, no, no, that's kind of that's kind of a botched robbery." <laughs> I don't want to laugh at the JFK thing. It's really sad, but no, it is. Uh, but it, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, uh, I don't know. That that was that was a big step, right? That I took. It was a robbery. But oh, what was taken? Uh, nothing. Nothing. That's well. That's the definition of a yeah robbery. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. Be, they didn't have the R. Uh, encyclopedia. <laughs> That's called go. a throwback for the uh, comedy folks whenever you go back to an original bit. But yeah, someone just call the police and say, I've been robbed. And then, you know, then they will ask what was taken. So you need to have an answer to that or it's not a robbery. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, I could see attempted. Like, give me all your money. Oh, the cops are here. Well, true. But that doesn't fall under that category. And let's even throw this out there. Say he was shot in an attempt to be robbed, but... The shot itself uh, garnered attention. Yeah, right? which, uh, yeah. Oh, okay. There's always that. Okay, which made the person flee. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. So all these people had vanished around Tatunka. This uh, man who claimed to be of the lineage of ancient priest and the direct descendant of a mysterious Indian tribe. But here's where it gets interesting. Who is Tatunka Nara really? 
And okay. the answer ends up being just as fascinating as one of his tales of oh. total fantasy. He's not going to be like a white guy, is he? Oh, okay. I'm there's ready. Nothing I'm worse. Ready. No, than no, a no. White no. Guy. No, I just mean no, I, I don't know what picture you mean. him as being. That would in, be the the polar opposite of an Indian chief would be a white guy. Yeah, right. yeah. That's I'm not I'm not racist. I don't think. No, I hope not, because you'd hate yourself. I am the least racist <laughs> person you will ever meet. Ever. I, actually, I, that not to get political, but that's a really stupid comment, because I couldn't guarantee that I'm the least racist person in the town that I live in. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I might be more racist than, I don't think I'm racist, but you know, it's like. Yeah, I don't if, think you're racist. Yeah, you know, I don't, I, I mean, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll continue on. The story of Tatunkanara begins in a very odd place for a native Amazonian Indian chief, Bavaria. That's where he was born on October 5th, 1941. He began life as Gunther Hawk, and by the mid-60s, he was married with three children and working as a sailor aboard a West German freighter vessel. Records are sketchy as to the details of his life uh, before this point, until 1966. Uh, were you going to say something? No. Oh, you had the look on your face. It, it, it's <laughs> it's surprising already, and oh, we just started. Oh, yeah. Oh, buckle up. Buckle up, sister. Until 1966, when Hawk jumped ship and fled into Venezuela. When he was finally found, he was claiming to be an Indian. Uh, since this was obviously... Not true. Hawk was promptly arrested and returned to West Germany, where a psychiatrist di uh, diagnosed him as a schizophrenic. And he was also jailed for three months for failing to support his wife and kids while he had been away. Only three years later, while working back on board a freighter, Hawk once again jumped ship, this time in Brazil. This would be the last time Gunther Hawk would ever be seen, because the man who would eventually reemerge from the jungle... The man who Carl Brueger had met in the tavern in Manaus, Brazil in 1972 was the Indian chieftain Tatunka Nara, keeper of Whoa. an ancient wisdom, the descendant <laughs> of the long-lost Ugo Mongolula tribe. Killer of, I mean, keeper of an ancient wisdom. <laughs> and the more I think about it, like Ugo Mongulala, that just sounds like, that sounds made up. Came up with that. Yeah. Say it again. Uga Mongulala? Mo, I'll, I'm going to spell it. U-G-H-A. M-O-G-U-L-A-L-A. -L -L -A. So, yeah, Uga yeah. Mogulala. Yeah. That just sounds like something a white guy would make up. If, yeah. Hey, what's an Indian tribe? Uh, it's almost like Uga Booga or something like that. Oh, yeah, It yeah. just sounds like he's... It really, it really does. <laughs> yeah. But you in... can do better than that. <laughs> Come on, Tatunka. <laughs> you, you came up with Tatunka. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I, I thought that sounded awesome. It has a ring to it. In reality, yes. though... He was a scatterbrained, likely schizophrenic, daydreaming deadbeat dad who had ran into the jungle away from his financial problems and responsibilities back in West Germany. I don't know. Sounds like a good guide to me. <laughs> do you also do life coaching? <laughs> Tatunka remarried and had two more children, all the while continuing to spew nonsense about mythical tribes, buried cities, and treasures hidden in the jungle. He, his new wife and kids... Uh, lived for a time with the Yonamami Indian tribe, where they reportedly ran an infirmary and uh, a school. Is this part true? It's hard to know. We've all known someone uh, a little bit like old Tatunka, haven't we? Well, not exactly. Well, no, not not in those. Ex I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, no, no. I'm, I'm. Yeah, I'm just. Let, let me tell you about a guy. No, everyone knows the the guy that is like the Forrest Gump. He's done everything. And, oh yeah. And, and, 
Let me let me tell you about this guy. Okay, you got a guy? Oh yeah. Okay, go ahead. I'll never this forget awesome. this guy. It was my first job, so ninety six. Yeah. Uh it was in an eggplant thing, right? Not mm-hmm. an eggplant like what you eat, but a plant that no, I uh, gotcha. yeah. processes eggs. Yeah. And uh and all I had to do was like just put these eggs in crates and then this guy next to me would stack the crates or whatever. Okay. This guy I only worked there two nights, and on my second night, I said I had to go to the bathroom, and I walked out to my truck, and I drove away and never came back. It was horrible. Uh, yeah. And God bless those people who keep working there. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's I not for everyone, I No. Uh, but this guy, in these two nights, he told me, I, I jotted down just to, because I was sitting at work, like, trying to remember a little bit of what he was. Okay, so the new kids on the block <laughs> uh-huh. were, were all his stepbrothers. Little, sure. I guess he didn't sure know were. that they weren't even related. They're different. Like a couple of them maybe were mm-hmm. brothers, yeah. Yeah. but they weren't. But but they were all his stepbrothers. Uh, his mother had married their dad. Okay, um, that's one. I, I'm not making this up. I swear to God. Uh, another one was uh, he had met Bob Seger and was friends with Bob Seger. He's like, I got his phone number. I got his phone number. And then, like, we're talking like I worked 12 hours on the two nights. Well, the first night, I think the second night, I made it like three hours. But is that why he quit? <laughs> Part of it. He started getting me into like helping because I'll never forget. Like the last story he told me was like, name the, uh, the biggest wrestler in wrestling today. And I was like, I don't know the giant. Cause I was thinking about not Andre, the giant, but this was in the nineties, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. the dude that was called the giant. Yeah. And he was like, that's right. Andre, the giant. And then he was like, he said Andre the Giant was like his step uncle or something, and uh, he had known him for years. He kind of helped raise him. From Russia or Germany or something? Um, <laughs> I don't know, dude. It was I, just. I'm pretty sure he was. It was insanity. And I didn't help. Like, I didn't go along with it, but you know, what do you do? I was just kind of like shaking my head. Oh, yeah. Like, now, oh, now wow. I'm, I apologize because when you first said that, I was thinking to that extreme where this guy has done all this stuff and ran away from his family and. But you're just talking about the guy that just, no matter what, he's he's like a one upper, or I have I know something about that, or I can tell you, you know, a mind blowing story about whatever you're talking about. Yeah, because yeah. and it happened to me. Yeah, yeah, like, I understand what this you're guy about like now. Tatunka. Tatunka knew yeah. all of these oh, yeah. crazy uh, secrets. Yeah. And, and just basically a liar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, oh I'm yeah, saying. yeah. I mean, so. uh, there's probably a stronger word, right? Uh, I mean, not just a liar, like. I mean, just like pure fabrication, you know. Yeah. Like, so, so you know, you can lie, but it has some. It's based on something you've done. I mean, you went to the beach, and you were with your family, but you didn't see like a shark almost attack a kid. Oh yeah. So there's like some. So I think a lot of people lie. There's like the embellishing. They're, they're at least yeah, they're at least in the position. Yeah. To but to to lie and and have no grounds. For that lie, any of it to be true, that's, right? That's 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 crazy. What if what if everything he told me was true? <laughs> Wouldn't that be amazing? <laughs> that would be amazing, but that's not true. So I uh, really quickly, uh, I had a guy that I worked with one time that um, this was the story. He he's he had done everything like that, you know, whatever he had, whatever car you had, he had he had a car like that, except it had you know some kind of crazy engine, that, you know. <laughs> Some kind of it had like twenty thousand dollars worth of work done to, on the engine, and it would spin every gear all the way up. You know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's a little bit of car talk. But 
Uh, this guy said that he would not be alive today if it wasn't for a squirrel. That's how he started the story. <laughs> and he was on a crotch rocket going like, you know, 7,000 miles an hour. No, like really fast. I can't remember what he said. But he wiped out and there was a squirrel running across the road and he landed on the squirrel and it like in his head, like it kept it kept his head from like experiencing trauma. Really? Yeah. A, doesn't a squirrel weigh like eight ounces? <laughs> I don't know. I but, don't... but see, the the funny <laughs> thing is that he, the original story wasn't, it wasn't told to me. Like somebody told me that he told them that story. Oh, and yeah. Ask him about the squirrel. And I was like, oh, what about the squirrel on your bike? He goes, well, let me tell you, I wouldn't be alive right now if it wasn't. So he went with, he he told it again. I would get if it was like a sheep dog or something, <laughs> like cushy, but a squirrel. And then I was like, what about the squirrel? Dead. It's dead. <laughs> I killed it, but it saved me. So oh my God. Uh, I don't know. that. So yeah, yeah. I even hate telling that story. Yeah, but it's interesting. Yeah, and it fits well. well. It, yeah, I guess. I don't know. I'm glad you told it to yeah. me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. I wouldn't be alive today if it weren't for that squirrel. <laughs> but like that guy, I knew this guy was full of crap, and I just nodded and smiled as he told his stories. And if so, every- you're, so we, we'll talk about those two guys. The guy you mentioned, the guy I mentioned. Mm-hmm. Imagine they had to. You know, your life was in their hands, and you're going to go out in the woods with the, with those guys. Yeah. So I mean, that's what's kind of happened. Yeah. And and uh, along that same line. If everyone had done like you and me, and we just heard these stories and just kind of nodded along and went about our way, uh, er, you know, if, if people had done that with Tatunka, he would still just be a weird little German man living in the Amazon pretending but to be a native. But you're, um, you're like out of your element anyway. You're, you're away from where you've grown up, and you meet someone, so it gives their stories a little bit of, you know— a little bit more valid because I mean, you you don't know a crazy story in that particular part of the world opposed to like a true story. Yeah. True. So, and plus you're probably, you probably feel a little weird for being kind of out of your element. So somebody's willing to talk to you. And I, I would think a, a, like someone that had lived there forever would be kind of skittish and not want to go to the outsider and like start telling these stories. Yeah. So it's probably like, they, you know, they feel a closeness to this because no one else will, would give them that type of attention. True. Yeah. You know, fr- from what I know, uh, I, it just seems like the local people would want to keep to themselves and not be like this guy for sure. Yeah. But yeah, he was always looking for the next person to, to tell these yeah. stories to. Let's see some wide-eyed <laughs> person. Oh, there's my next victim or person exactly. I'm going to guide into the woods. And he was good. Like, his stories were so vivid and rich in detail that people believed him. Yeah. Not everybody, but enough. Yeah. yeah. Um, once Carl Brueger had written the Chronicle of Agagor, the floodgates were open. Like, despite West German authorities having uh, Tatunka's birth certificate, personal files, and actually many pictures of him on record, pretty much, not pretty much, basic, uh, absolutely proving that he was uh, Gunther Huck. This was not known outside of West Germany yeah. at the time. Oh, yeah, of course. And Tatunka was able to fool many people into buying his entire load of horse crap. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, they'd taken this man at his word and followed him faithfully into the jungle. Tatunka was able to support himself giving tours and leading expeditions uh, into his supposed hidden cities and also reveled in the opportunity to tell even more fantastical stories to the wide-eyed travelers. And I think you would just use that exact yeah. exact phrase. Yeah. And I wonder if stuff was kind of planned out, if he kind of had almost not like a script, but if he w- say he wanted 
say he's a serial killer and he wanted to pull people out, what if he was so meticulous to like have all these things, even if he didn't have them written down, like in his mind, like this is a character I'm playing almost like he's some kind of actor. Yeah. So he could, he could get really polished at that. Uh, yeah. I think he is. And, and you can tell when someone believes something you're saying, right? So it's, it's like confirmation. Oh yeah. I should tell that story. That's a good one. Yeah. People, people eat this one up. Yeah. And I definitely think as far as planning ahead that even supposedly if he, if he harmed any of them, even the ones he didn't harm, like I said earlier, it always seems like something catastrophic happened where they had to turn around just at the gates. Like, oh, they were mm-hmm. so close to this city, but the boat capsized or someone got sick or yeah. uh, they had to or, turn or around. Or could it have been, well, I mean, this they get out there and they realize this guy doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> and they start questioning him and then that's, bam, you know, true. You're, you're dead. Since that's like his bread and butter, yeah, his entire... Yeah, that's true. Well, yeah, uh, apart from individuals, civilians, a few national governments even funded expeditions with Tatunka, not to mention the world-famous explorer Jacques Cousteau. No really? kidding. Yeah, hired him as a guide when he was exploring the region in huh. 1983. I watched the uh, part of the epi- of I don't know if it was an episode, like it was aired or whatever, but you can look on YouTube, and uh, it's Jacques Cousteau and uh, had hired Tatunka, when he uh, his, remember his ship, the Calypso, mm-hmm. so it wasn't the jungle, but he was, uh, in, you know, exploring the 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 uh, maybe the Rio Negro right there or something. Okay, but uh, yeah, he hired Tatunka, hmm. so he had some clout at the time, uh, but not everyone was taken. Well, how long was he there? Like how many years? So it was the late '60s mm-hmm. that he jumped ship, and then by '72 he had already had all this. You know, so only like four years, four or five years within that time frame, he had went from living in West Germany to living in the Amazon and had cooked up all this, yeah. all this. Well, ha- perhaps he researched and and you know learned. I mean, in four years you can learn a lot of yeah. a lot of things. So maybe he had some experience and. Maybe he some of the stuff he really did know. Now there is another. I didn't devote much time to it. Because it was some sketchy areas of the internet. And for some reason, it was like uh, geared toward white supremacy stuff. Oh, yeah. But but that there's a lot of people that believe he's telling the truth. Like the whole the whole West German authorities saying that he's actually Gunther Huck is just like a conspiracy trying to, uh, you know... Discredit Discredit him? the real Tatunka Nara. I mean, it, I say a lot of people. It's not a lot of people. It's yeah. a few fringe people on the internet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but there was like I found a couple of articles and stuff that p- people had written about it, and each one had a a a white power kind of theme. Like like mm. it was like oh the people at the Zionist whatever whatever yeah. uh, ran Wikipedia say this, and I'm so I immediately yeah. got off there because that lost all credence in my book. But that's why I didn't give it anymore. But I did want to mention it. I wonder, I wonder if Alex Jones ever brought him up. I don't know. I'm now, now I need to Google. Here's the deal, though. Uh, it does. This story doesn't seem to have ever had much attention in America. Oh, okay. Because in 1991, there was a documentary done on this guy, and I think it was called The Self-Made Chieftain, or maybe that was the book as well. But anyway, everything I found was in Portuguese or Spanish or even German. Like dozens of videos, I couldn't find a, a freaking one that was in English. Hmm. Uh, so that was pretty frustrating because I wanted to, to watch some of those and try to find out more stuff. 
Or, but, or, uh, so are we kind of in a way breaking this to the to the U.S. Are we like Ed Sullivan and start <laughs> with the Beatles? <laughs> did, did I really did I elevate us too much? You know, no, no, sure. no. This is on that level. Yeah. Introducing America to the greatest rock band of all time. That's it. No. <laughs> okay. I guess I did. But not everyone was taken with Tatonka. Another German adventurer named Rudiger Neberg, I guess, N-E-H-B-E-R-G. You do that what you will. Yeah, that's that Had encountered good. Tatonka in the jungle and apparently hated him immediately. He saw him as a delusional, displaced white dude masquerading as an Indian chief, which is basically what Tatonka is, right, if, <laughs> if this stuff is true. Yeah. yeah. Based on the evidence. Uh, exactly. Uh, Neberg returned to Germany and in 1991 wrote a book. Uh, this is what I was for referring to. It was not the uh, documentary. It was his book, The Self-Made Chief. In the book, he he's the one that really broke it wide open that Tatunka's true name is uh, Gunther Hawk. He also revealed that Hawk was born in Grub M. Forst near Coburg in Bavaria and not on the Neo Regro, uh, Rio Negro, I'm sorry, in 1941. He said Hawk had read a lot of Tarzan books as a young boy, abandoned his wife and children in 1966, and took a job on board the freighter uh, Dorothy Oldendorf and ran away to Brazil. Hawk had always been a teller of tall tales. Even as a child, he had claimed to have witnessed the landing of extraterrestrial beings. The book helped spawn an animosity between the two that persists to this day. Tatunka himself claims the book is full of lies and Neberg is crazy and trying to destroy him. When asked about the accusation that he is in fact a German-born citizen named Gunther Huck, Tatunka denied it. And he said, I know the name. I've heard it before. I once traveled to Germany and they called me that name while I was there. I even went to bed with a woman to avoid confusion who thought I was him, but I am not. I am Tatunka. That's what he said. That man. What? I don't know if that. <laughs> okay, that that clears you. Yeah, he's like, no, I, I've heard that I. Pretty definitive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you think I'm him? I'll go to bed with you. Yeah. I don't want to cause any weird waves yeah. here. I'll just go along with it. <laughs> well, maybe that might be plausible. I, I was about know. to say, if you're a single man in another country. Or no matter where yeah, you are. Yeah, but let's let's yeah. Go ahead. If go someone ahead. comes up and like, oh, Gerald, I I don't. Are, are you Gerald? Are you Gerald? Uh, uh, I'd like to sleep with you. Then you'd be like, uh, then I'm Gerald. Hi, <laughs> nice to meet. Yeah, you. but but on what planet does that happen? <laughs> Nowhere. Yeah. It doesn't. It's full. Of, it's complete crap. I mean, can you imagine that? But that's his story. He's like, well, yeah, I've heard this guy's name, and yeah, I went to Germany, and everyone thought I was him, so I just played along, and I slept with this lady, too, that thought I was him. Yeah. But, uh, that, but I'm not. That's very strange. <laughs> that's that's like Leo Burt strange. Yeah, it is. Ooh, going a little throwback. No, not Leo Burt. I'm, I'm sorry. F uh, Fisher. Oh, Robert Fisher. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah it that's is. like some of his strange answers. Yeah, yeah. To stuff. But, you know, it's no secret that Tatunka hates... Neberg for writing the book, and once in an interview, Neberg said, uh, he said, and I quote, Hawk would love to personally drown me in the Rio Negro. So there's no love lost between those two. Wow. Um, but there are many who feel the same way about Tatunka. He is notoriously hard to pin down, and most of the locals claim his hut, located deep in the jungle, is surrounded by booby traps and heavily protected. They claim he has friends in the military to help protect him, 
which if that story is true about him rescuing the 12 government officials, that could be true, uh, which is the only reason he hasn't been shot dead. It seems that many of Tatunka's stories have caught up with him, though. He once told a girl he was her father and that she had to leave with him. This claim turned out to be just another one of his ruses. Um, there's so many. Yeah. I, if I would have recalled all of them, we'd be here for seven hours. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, another thing, too, I wanted to talk about for just a second. How problematic was it for him that he couldn't shake that thick accent? Because he's from Germany. And mm. I think he was, they kept referring to a French accent. So I, I think there's a region in Bavaria that's like heavily French influenced. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're right there together. So, right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he had basically a French accent. But I think that accent helped mold his stories. Like if he didn't, if he was able to shake that accent, I bet that entire that entire portion of the Chronicle of Akakor where uh, the Nazis all came up there and his mother was a German missionary. I think he crafted those in just to explain his accent. Yeah, that very plausible. Yeah, and uh, and he couldn't just shake the accent. I mean, if so, I don't think those those would be, you know, those portions of it would not be in the story. Yeah. Um, oh, and, and there's a certain amount of intelligence for you to live in one region of the world and and have a, a a different accent so not not that you've ever been anywhere else but you're you're just so educated you know refined or whatever you want to say i don't yeah. know if this makes any sense but no it does yeah where where you where you have a different accent you know, and know. here's here's something i was curious about as far as this accent cuz i was thinking he wants to be a native amazonian indian mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. bad I bet it eats him up every time he speaks that he can't shake that accent. And so I started doing a little research on that. I found one article that I'll, I think it's bullcrap because the woman was saying like anyone can lose their accent within a few short months. If you just practice, uh, I don't think that's true because Arnold Schwarzenegger has lived here for like 90 years and he's no better than he was when he first got here, like in the seventies. But the other article I read about talked about, uh, like as you're growing up and learning whatever language, whatever native language it is you're speaking, like the neural the neural networks in your uh, language portion of your brain mm-hmm. are kind of like tailor made and developed to that whatever specific language that you're speaking. So, like for instance, and I found a really cool example, like in Russian, the like the the W uh, really doesn't exist. That sound like wish or what. There's that sound does not does not exist in the Russian language. So when they go to learn English, they can't pick up that. They don't, and so they go to you know everyone who Something does a that's fake close. Yeah, which is usually a V. Like what does someone oh, do when they pretend to be yeah. Russian? Oh, what are you talking about? Va? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's how, that's the reason okay. why. Uh, another cool thing is because they because you know I read one thing that said that you know just because I, I have a, a small child that. They hear all the phonemes they're ever going to hear by like six months of age or something. It's like really? crazy. Wow. All, you know, so, and that's so, their brains are like sponges for that. Yeah. And so they're already trying to formulate language in their brain. So if they don't hear that phoneme that early, the W, like, like you were saying, mm-hmm. they just, maybe they just can't get it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm just kind of. Yeah. It's like that didn't even develop that particular yeah. neural pathway or whatever. Yeah. So the brain's yeah, like, what? I don't know what that is. Man, so I'll we're throw going, a v. We're, we're highbrow today. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Well, something else that's cool. <laughs> no, and it explained, and I don't know why all the, all the examples I found were all in Russian, 
But what does someone say if they're pretending like their fake Russian accent? They'll be like, oh, uh, house, house very large, right? Yeah, yeah. The reason is because in Russian, the Russian language doesn't have connective words like the and is. Oh, uh, okay. So, so if you're going to translate the house is very large in Russian, those connective words don't exist. So you get house very large. You oh, know? yeah. That's so. like the Spanish. They They flip things around so... Instead of like, we were highbrow, but I'll change that. <laughs> like dog crap. <laughs> we just tanked. It's crap no. of dog. So caca da, is it caca de perro or something? Oh, like this? really? Yeah. So they switched the subject okay. verb around. I, I guess that's correct. I wasn't a literacy teacher, but I think they switch it around okay. in, in Spanish. And so Spanish also, don't they have both, uh, like, what is it? Yeah, so male and female, depending on who you're talking about, the yes. different way you say the I different found out, words you use. Yes. yes. And I found out about German. If there was any language I would want to learn, it would not be German, because as far as I understand, in German, there's even male and female and then neutral mm. versions of it's It's yeah. super uh, confusing. Yeah, I, I, I did watch to to we'll go back after this, but I did watch a documentary about language formation, and they talked about the tree. They basically mapped it out, and they showed the different language branches. Oh, cool! And you have like the, all the romantic languages that are similar. So uh, Spanish and Italian, they're very similar. Yeah, they can almost converse. You know, not maybe not like fluently, like you know English and English, but yeah. Yeah, even but like it's Portuguese, very can't that be thrown in there? I think so. I yeah. think so. So that's that's all that stuff's really interesting. Wow. We are just learning all all kinds of things, aren't we today? Uh, we might be. <laughs> we could be wrong about all this, but who cares? Exactly. No right. apologies. <laughs> so, Tatunka or Gunther Hawk or whatever you want to call him is many things: uh, a storyteller, a daydreamer. Possibly a swindler and a con, a con artist, uh, mm-hmm. depending on whether or not he actually believes what he says. Murderer. Well, that's my next question. Could he be a murderer? I mean, maybe, uh, probably. Well, <laughs> I, I think mean, I know what side you're on. Well, it's just, it's just, it's just two. Uh, it's five times. Yeah. I mean, three. I mean, even three. I lost three people in the woods. Right. <laughs> it's just, it's just too many times. Well, okay, he was asked about this. Uh, he oh, was yeah. asked about the people who had gone missing in his company, and this is a direct quote from him in an interview that I found, and it says, I live with my conscience. I've killed many people, but I was a soldier, and they were carrying weapons. I'm not innocent, but I did not kill those three, as they've accused me of doing. And he said the three because uh, he was only being questioned about John Reed, Christine Hauser, and Herbert Weiner at that time mm-hmm. it wasn't later till the other two and you know he's not going to be like oh there's two more by the way going to ask me about them so anyway that's why he was just referring to the three and because it, it was only later that sandy rediscovered the brazilian government had files on the two additional missing people um other governments including that of germany have files on tatunka and have attempted to extradite him back to his homeland to face accusations the u.s embassy even asked brazil on germany's behalf to relinquish him but according to Brazilian law, their authority supersedes that of any outside nation. So therefore, extradition, no go. Mm-hmm. He's, he's basically safe there forever. Yeah. Um, although he has the reputation of a dangerous man and many claim it is unsafe to cross him, I didn't find any specific cases of Tatunka committing violence. In fact, many locals admire and respect him. 
One even said, we don't care if he is from Germany. He is one of us now. He is Indian. Um, it's just, I don't know. It's, there's... It- so what? So let's let's go back to or not back. We haven't been there yet. Let's go to like the saying: the captain goes down with the ship. The certain amount of loyalty you have, because you're you're in charge of this expedition. And so, if someone goes and hides in the woods, and doesn't want to go back, I mean, wouldn't you do everything you could to convince them to come back? Or some of the other people that go missing? I mean. Why is it that it's they're just gone and he comes back? Hey, I'm back, yeah. guys. Yeah, you would think that person is your responsibility. Yeah, like and, and the way he talks, the way he talked in that last little um, bit, you you know, the interview, the questions. I mean, he's trying to act very loyal. Oh, I was in war and I killed people. Yeah, and, you know, but they were trying to kill me, and you know, I have a conscience and all this stuff. It's it's just it doesn't really add up. Now, I will say, based on what you're giving me, I, I you know, I. I think the guy's doing some bad stuff, but, you know, hey. Well, at, at the end of this, I've got three theories that I have. Okay. And then I want to see if you agree with any, if any of those or okay. have another one. Okay, great. <clears throat> but um, the details of the final days and the lives of those who went missing are sketchy at best. All that is known is that they ventured into Manaus in search of Akakor and had employed Tatunka Nara to help them. And sure, there are circumstances that certainly don't look good for Tatunka. All were last seen with him before they vanished. Uh, there are inconsistencies between his stories of what happened and several of the missing people. Uh, the the stories that they had left behind in letters and stuff do not jive with his. Uh, not to mention the curious death of Carl Brueger. But the only person, uh, I'm sorry, the only missing person we know for sure who was murdered was Herbert Wainer, whose skull was found with a bullet hole in it. But other than that, being the last person seen with them, uh, there's no evidence other than that connecting Tatunka to the murder that they found yet anyway, even though this is more than enough reason for authorities to want to question him, which they do. As of today, all cases against Tatunka have been dropped for different reasons, from lack of evidence to, like in Germany, it's abs- absence of the accused. Mm-hmm. They just know he's not going to be back in country ever, so they dropped it. Yeah. As far as anyone knows, Tatunka is still alive, well into his 70s now, but according to the locals, still as slim and fit and spry as he ever was. And yes, he's still telling fantastical stories of hidden treasure and lost tribes. On a recent visit to Brazil, a journalist was told by Tatunka that he had found the lost city of El Dorado and he could take him there if he wanted. <laughs> sure. No, actually, the journalist, the journalist <laughs> said, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nah, it's okay. Uh, <laughs> The fate of the missing and the details of their demise may never be known. Sandy Reed seems absolutely certain that Tatunka killed her brother John, but the truth is we'll probably never know. The same is true about Herbert Wainer, who Tatunka also claimed fed, uh, fled into the jungle. We know how he was killed, but we don't know who committed the act. Mm-hmm. We know even less about Christine Hauser and the couple from Australia, except for she liked to swing nude from vines, mm-hmm. which good on her. Yeah, and the couple from Austria and New Zealand. Other than the claims that he uh, put them on a boat in Manaus and sent them on their way. The reality is that South America, even today, but especially four decades ago, was a vast and dangerous place where one wrong turn or one dumb decision could make you get lost or disappear. So yeah, there are lots of possibilities That's true. that don't involve him. That's true. Um, so now we're down to my... My three theories. Okay, I'm ready. And you can tell me what I you can't think. Wait. And I, you know, and and they're not. They're pretty. 
common sense, I think. Uh, first sure. one, number one, what Tatunka says is true. And I don't mean about the, the golden gates and the hidden cities. I mean... About the yeah. appearances. <laughs> he held up his end of the bargain, and he took all these people on an expedition into the jungle. He sent three of the five home. While John Reed and Herbert Wainer decided to flee and live in the jungle, and he's not responsible for the fate of these people once they leave his expedition. That's number one. So to support that, go ahead. Yeah, I, I would say that if you read if you read about this lost whatever, and you were so uh, you you wanted to do this so badly, maybe you are a little crazy. <laughs> So maybe you would say, I want to stay here with the natives. It's possible, right? Be, be, the average person isn't going to read about this thing and go halfway around the world, world and, and try to find it. I mean, Jane Goodall lived with gorillas for years, yeah, for God's sake. That's true. You know. So, hey, so maybe that might be true. You never know. Okay, second theory. Okay. Uh, this is the same as the first one, except while on the expedition, Tatunka was careless or he made bad calls, resulting in the accidental deaths of these people, and instead of telling the truth and facing possible consequences, he came up with the stories, you know, they fled to the jungle or I sent these people home. That's the second. I, I, I could see that a few times. Right. But Maybe not five. twice. Not, <laughs> five's a little much. Okay. But, but I, I mean, he might just be the unluckiest guide ever. Possibly. Or, uh, you probably don't have this theory, what if he had some kind of sick thing to where he's, where... You know, he leads them into some kind of thing. I'm not going to kill him. I'm not a murderer. Right. You should go check this thing out. Oh, I didn't think you know, about that. It's like, it's like, or he sets us some kind of trap for him. Yeah. Because he's like into trap building. I mean, yeah. This is, I'm, I'm adding another. No, one. he was in a trap building. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because his hut in the jungle was booby trapped. And okay, wow, that's a whole new angle on it. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Right this way. It's right there. <laughs> Just crawl through that hole. So yeah, this basically. Anyway, my third theory—that's that's kind of a crazy—is bait. No, my third theory is basically that, oh, okay. except for not as elaborate. Um, third theory is he killed him. Uh, I thought about this for a long time, and I can't find a motive though. That's the first thing a detective would look for is motive. But like a serial, yeah, but yeah, serial killers not gonna have a don't have except for they get off on it. That's the motive. Yeah. Um, I can't find a reason why he would have benefited from killing the people. Uh, I'll even throw Carl Brueger in there, too. It's been suggested that he killed Carl over a dispute in book royalties, but I don't know how a guy in a loincloth living in a hut in the Amazon is going to be very greedy for yeah. money. I, yeah. That seemed weird. Uh, all I know is that I was uh, able to find... That's all I know in my research, anyway. Uh, uh, he made uh, He may be a delusional storyteller, but I didn't find... A lot of evidence of him being violent or evil or anything like that. Um, so it's all too easy to disappear in a strange foreign land that you are unfamiliar with, especially when that place is the Amazon jungle. Time has a way of covering up things, but you never know when another clue might turn up. A travel log, a photograph, a witness who finally wants to talk, or even a body. Until one of those things happens, though, we may never know what happened to John Reed, Christine Hauser, Herbert Weiner, and the missing couple. And until that day comes... We'll be asking, where on earth are the missing adventures of the Amazon? Yeah, uh, it's it's a great story. It's yeah, it's, I loved it. It's really cool. It's so cool, and it's really. And I think I talked about this on the last episode, but it's really cool to uh, when I'm doing my process of trying to find someone to do a podcast episode on mm -hmm. the last two. 
have been like I find one person and then it just goes down a rabbit hole because it was John Reed. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, who's this guy? John Reed. Oh, he disappeared in the Amazon. Uh, oh, he was last seen with this Indian guide. And then, my God, just like <laughs> another link. Fast forward to... <laughs> five hours later, and it's like three in the morning, and my eyes are wide as saucers, and I, I've got like nine tabs open on the computer, yeah. and I'm just like notes everywhere. No, that's awesome. So it's pretty cool. Um, and it's so okay. What, what's your final? Well, I don't. I don't have a final one. I mean, I'm. You know, I, I think he did it. I mean, I think he killed him. Uh, for just because it's so many times. Yeah, the five. Um, so that's you the one that I liked originally that I kind of talked myself out of was that you know because he's such a BSer. He uh, that's an that's a official scientific <laughs> term. Um, uh, he got out there and they questioned his ability to lead because he got out there and he didn't really know. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I don't really, I don't like that one anymore. And then and then there was some kind of conflict and then he killed him. Or, you know, he he pulled him out there so far, and, you know, it was just like a perfect place, perfect time, and took care of his business. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. He's just the worst guy ever or a murderer. I, you, know. <laughs> you know what? And for some reason, I can't shake the feeling that it's the first one. You, I just think I have this weird feeling based on the evidence uh, or maybe despite the evidence that he just took these people out into the jungle. Now, uh, all, all, all kidding aside and all whatever, Tatunkanaro is a, a badass. Mm-hmm. From everything I've found, like anyone that can just trek into the jungle and the dude, he literally, every picture you see, he's, he's just like wearing a loincloth yeah. and he's got a knife in his teeth. That's why I talked myself out of the last one. I, I kind of figured out that through the years he probably picked up some ability. Yeah, I, I believe so. And, and not only to just survive in the Amazon, but to thrive, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah. uh, so I, he's, a, he's kind of a badass in my opinion, yeah. but I think that he underestimated the abilities of the people that he took that, out there. Yeah, I, I could see that. I could see that. And, and I think, I mean, I, I, I should have done, and I don't even know if there would be statistics with this or numbers, but I don't know how many people. He may have took thousands of people into the jungle over oh, the years. Oh, that's true. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. And so we have five who didn't come back oh, out, but yeah. it might be like, maybe surprised it wasn't more. That would change my opinion some. So, yeah, I'm yeah. feeling like he might be crazy. Uh, I, I don't see how he's not because he's very obvious. I mean, I found pictures of him with his first wife in Germany. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's definitely from yeah. German. Like, yeah. you know, he's not the the dis- direct descendant of a fifteen thousand year old Uga Mongolula whatever tribe. Yeah. That's that's without a doubt. So he's he's crazy or a liar or whatever. But I I can't picture him as a murderer. Uh, that's I, just I can't my... think to wonder what would happen if it were in the United States. And he was leading some kind of guide, let's say Denali or something, mm-hmm. you, you know. And these people kept going missing. You would think that a family could do almost like the Ron Goldman lawsuit, wrongful oh, death. Yeah, was that a wrongful death or something like so, that? Yeah, yeah, After civil suit and wrongful civil, death. Civil, yeah, civil. It suit. was in it was in civil court. So, but yeah, I think cor- it was of course, death. I'm not saying that's necessarily positive. Because you know we talk about lawyers sometimes. On the, I, I realize there are good lawyers that there are people yeah. that get you know get them what they deserve. But now but, I'm like, but I would think that maybe if that happened here, 
obviously some more investigation would be done. Right. It's, but I think it would be something to where they could almost say, you know, my sister went missing, you know, yeah. I, I don't know. We're going to sue him for this. And, and I, I do need to say this too. I only found it in one interview and I'm talking in hundreds of websites and, and interviews that I looked at and read, but supposedly he has recanted a, a huge portion of all that Chronicle of Akakor. Whoa. There was one interview where he had told someone Carl Brueger had wanted him to come up with some crazy story or they had gotten together and said, let's write this. And elements of it, he said, were still true. Uh, as far as how he arrived, I don't know. Uh, as obviously not the crazy, not the craziest, yeah. like thousands of year old Indian chieftains and all that. Mm-hmm. But he, from what I could find, recanted. Wow, a, a, a big portion of it. Yeah, um, yeah. The the fabrication, you know, it doesn't make him a murderer, but because of the five people and the crazy stories and the Germany thing, it's just, it's just, it's too much to make me think. A oh, poor guy loses five people. Well, see now I'm jaded. I want to. I want to. Let's check out Sacagawea now. Like she could have been a little French girl named Henny. Well, that was just... yeah. <laughs> no, don't do that because I, I've I've read a lot about that, and that's kind of a personal. Um, she, I know. I was she, thinking about when we talked about that. Last yeah, time. Uh, um, just a little bit about her. Go ahead. Um, yeah, we got... some historians say that you know we talk about Washington, Washington, and Jefferson, and Lincoln, all these people that. Because of them, we have the union we have today. But um, as far as the Louisiana Purchase goes and westward expansion, I mean, the Lewis and Clark journey probably wouldn't have been successful if it wasn't for her. And the Spanish probably would have taken that the what they you know some of the Oregon territory, and then that would have been. I, I don't know. It's just kind of a crazy thing that yeah. you know she is a, a hero and she was like sixteen year old, a sixteen year old with a baby. Didn't uh, Lois and Clark also say themselves like, "Well, look, we wouldn't have." Yeah, yeah. Have done so this she talked her. to native tribes that that probably would have maybe killed them if it wasn't for her. Yeah, yeah. Um, she knew what to what they could eat and what they couldn't eat, and there was a big race. Like they were going west to to explore all that to find the Northwest Passage. And the Spanish were trying to find them because oh, and they also, wanted. Also, uh, Chris Farley and Matthew Perry <laughs> That's were true. also leading their yeah, they were. Yeah, yeah. So, hey. <laughs> uh, that was a reference to Almost yeah, Heroes. Yeah, and that, if no one has watched that, by God, you need so to watch I, it. This is a huge tangent. But, um, you know, I, I just wanted to say that she is an American hero as well. And that's all for today. <laughs> Thank you uh, for once again joining us for Where on Earth Are the Missing Adventures of the Amazon. See you next time.